Kind of a weak clap, but I did my best. Me too. It was almost really pitiful. If you had seen it, it's like those awkward high fives that like barely connect. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, happy Saturday, happy January. Yeah, I guess we right. talked in January before already. Yeah, but not officially. It wasn't January for us yet. It was January for everybody else. Okay. Yeah. All right. And well, we happy twenty twenty four. Yeah. Now, 2024, we had a week off. I don't know if and shared why, but I got the COVID again. <laughs> I did. I, sorry, I hope that was okay. I just said, no, of course. COVID. I was planning on saying it, and you, you said you were going to, like, you know, tweet it out or whatever. So I presumed, but yeah, it comes, <laughs> it, it's not gone. Just when you think it's safe to go back in the water. <laughs> I went full Larsa in my on Miami and just told everyone that you had COVID. Yeah, I sat down with you and I was like, please don't tell anybody this is in strict confidence. And you were like, absolutely. Imagine if I did that as you're like tweeting it. Yeah. Imagine if I called TMZ and then like 30 minutes later told 20 women at a party. Exactly. I literally just watched Watch What Happens Live with her on it. And Andy asked her, are you still doubling down on that? Like, do you still not regret that? And she goes, well, we, she was mad at me about the TMZ thing because, uh, she, you know, she had said that I was the fakest on TMZ. So I just thought she meant don't tell TMZ. I didn't know she didn't mean, like, tell her friends. Oh, can, my God. Can you Honestly, stop? <laughs> I, I really want to know your opinion on this. Do you think Teresa or Larsa is hands down the dumbest Real Housewife? I won't say either's the dumbest, but if you mean like, do you mean do you really mean like actually intelligence level dumb or like clueless? Um, because I can't speak on anyone's actual intelligence. I don't know, but as far what, what as what we like, see on television, like Larsa, Larsa seems really, really unwilling, like very unself-aware. I think Larsa is trying to craft, like, really carefully craft her her image, but, like, way too much. Like, yeah, she could just be a Kenya-type character that everyone will grow to love who is, like, you know... Messy. Messy, messy self-aware, leaning in on the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, still in control of everything. But she's, like, too trained by the Kardashians on how to brand that she is, like, unwilling to ever account for anything. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she knows. I don't think she's like someone like Teresa or like Alexia on Miami who is like buys their own bullshit. I think she knows. <laughs> oh, do you think so? I, I do. I, see, that's I think kind Larson of knows what, what I meant. Doing. She just publicly has when a I said totally dumb, different... I more. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I said when I said dumb, I guess I more meant like uh, totally buys into their own bullshit about everything that they say. That seems like delusional. <laughs> delusional yes okay <laughs> i think alexia on miami and like Teresa are like that uh i think Marissa is self-aware just pretending okay all right which interesting brings me i haven't started it yet but it just premiered on friday the second season of traders okay so yeah she's on that yes she's on it marcus is on it and then also from bravo you have phaedra um Oof. sheree uh, wow. I don't know if you ever watched Shaws of Sunset, but MJ from that and um, someone else. Another, oh, Tamara. Duh. Oh, God, Tamara. I can't wait. Wow. that I mean, Tamara, Phaedra, and Larsa, that is some messy housewives. Seriously. <laughs> wow. I don't, pre- okay. I don't anticipate Larsa getting super far. Neither do I. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. It's, it is a game of outsmarting other people, and I don't think she's the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, and keeping secrets. <laughs> also, th- <laughs> also that. Uh, I love oh, that show, man. though. I cannot wait to start it. So that's going to be like our probably weekend binge. Nice. Um, the only thing I've watched recently is I watched the movie Saltburn. Did you oh, watch that? I, I want to see it so bad. I, I've seen okay. some of the memes. Davey knows what they mean. <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> I won't spoil anything for you, but if you watch it, let me know what you think. I just know there's some sort of bathtub reference. I, yeah. Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> but I'm all right. Well, aside from that, the 
previews for that looked so good. I love those visually striking, like, yeah. super pretentious previews, you know? Yeah. Um, and Rosamund Pike is in it from Wheel of Time. So, mm-hmm. And she her character is phenomenal in the movie, so... I love uh, her. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I love her as an actress, so I'm sure I'll like her. I'm I'm excited to see it. We'll, we're definitely going to watch that soon. I'm very excited because the Mean Girls movie is coming back out or is coming out. I think. Okay, well, it's the movie based on the musical based on the movie. Yes, and I am so into the musical and the movie because you know me, I'm a musical head, so I'm super friggin' <laughs> excited. And I think the girl who did um. Uh, Regina in the musical and on the like cast recording is in the movie and she's so good so yeah I'm excited for that I feel like we might need to do that for our other project Ooh, yeah oh my god yes yes so stay tuned everybody there's uh, something coming <laughs> on the horizon not too um, far probably so keep keep yeah. uh, get excited well, I don't know whatever um <laughs> Just get excited. Just get excited. I I have one thing we watched that was so cute. I forget if you're into these types of movies or not, but I'm you're just going to push it on you anyway. Okay. <laughs> Elemental, the Disney Pixar movie. Oh, no. But it was advertised. There was a billboard right near the place I was staying in Chicago for it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, I, I haven't seen it. Is it cute? It was so cute. I know it's like been out for a while, uh, but we finally were like, let's watch this. And it was so cute. Really unexpectedly liked it. I didn't know what the story-ish was going to be about. And I liked the kind of like, you know, themes and all that. But yeah. visually, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> the way they animate the water and the fire <laughs> and all that. And the air even. Yeah. I mean, the earth people look cool too. But just the way they animate all the water on fire, it's just visually striking the whole time. Like, you cannot take your eyes off the screen. So I highly recommend it. Um, other than that, just been I'm, chugging along. I mean... I'm looking forward to seeing... Have You You saw the original Inside Out, right? The Pixar? Yes. Are they, are okay, they there's a second one? one coming out. Yes. Uh, that was another one of those that I did not expect to get me the way it did. Oof, yeah. It was wow, rough. that was a good one. <laughs> my heart. Oh, and Bing Barn. I, I, I know we're getting we're on and on before we get into the book, but it would we'd be remiss if I did not ask. Just I have to ask you on air. Salt Lake City finale. Um, receipts, proof, timeline, Fucking screenshots. <laughs> and I, did you not see the the video that I edited together for you of uh, Lady Gaga and Heather? Yes. <laughs> oh, you did that. I did that. I thought you were sharing a meme. <laughs> No, I made it because it made me laugh. That's genius. Okay. I I mean, I've never, everyone has said it. I've never seen anything like that episode. No, it was wild. And art. High art. High, high art. The, the, the image of Meredith <sighs> with her pashmina and her hair blowing in the wind while she looks anguished. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's my favorite thing I've ever seen. It is so good. And she shared it the other day on her Instagram. I think she she changed her profile photo on Twitter to that picture. (laughs) I just love how in on the joke all the Salt Lake girls have become the the core four. Well, at least three of them. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But I was just blown away. And the the reunion has already been great. Do you think she's going to come back? I don't think she can. she I think she has to. Really? I think she has to. Uh, and the reason I think that is Meredith was recently on a podcast where somebody asked her about the reunion. And, and she said, like, essentially that, like, Heather's in the hot seat. She has a lot to answer for, blah, 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 blah. And then she goes, like, oh, and Monica. But, like, the implication was, like, Heather is the one who's in the biggest trouble. And Whitney and Meredith both refollowed Monica after the reunion. Really? On social media. Yes. So there's some sort of thing we're not uh well we don't know i it's think gonna come I, out yet. I think what it is is i think monica is able to prove that she really just contributed info to take down jen and so everything else she's like i think she's gonna prove that nothing else was her and so i think the other women will kind of forgive her for being part of it because all she really did was give info on jen Hmm. We'll I see. Think. That's my guess. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm into it. I'm not as into <laughs> it as I am as I was. Scandaval, like the online part. Oh, of it. that's so funny. I think this is better than Scandaval. Oh, really? A little bit. 
I'm, I mean, I'm like, it's like close. Like if Scandaval was like a nine, 10, this is like an eight, nine. Like I just, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Just a, there's a lot, there's a lot to get into. You know, and there's a lot of like conspiracy theory BS heart. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till the reunions are over and I'll, I'll see how I feel. I hope she's back next season. I'm not against her being back. I thought she was great, but, uh, I agree. <sighs> All right. Oh man. All right. Well, should we get into the book? Let's do it. Okay, well, we're at chapter 30. Uh, it is titled To Heal Again, Again, uh, and it is, uh, the sigil is The Flame of Tarbalon, so it's an Aes Sedai-ish chapter. Or as Whitney Rose would say, to hill again. To hill again. <laughs> She's, I'm ready for her healing journey to be over. Same. <laughs> uh, I, I'm ready for her to be, dem- I think she, I think she should be demoted uh, because I don't think she, her storyline this season was so boring. Oh, the, yeah, the, I think the whole like juggling thing with her husband and right. that whole thing was totally created. Like that was such a Agreed. Melissa and Joe Gorga storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> to hill to hill again. Um, you know what I started wondering? Like, do you think she says colors like teal? Do you think she says till? <laughs> I think I think or yes. Like, I think every e is an e. And so, like, if she sees like that sea animal on the beach, is that a sill? Oh yeah. Like, look at look all at the, the sills. Sills. Hundred <laughs> percent. She needs to stay around only so that she could have scenes with Mary, where Mary just like berates her. Oh yeah, calls her little girl. Leaves that. in the okay. middle of the right. dinner, takes it to go. <laughs> to go. That dinner scene was wild. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. To Hill again. So when when last we left, Nynaeve had just healed Loghain. She was um, shielding him. He She sent Elaine. She was like, Elaine, go get Sherryam immediately. And uh, we're right, right in this moment again. And so Nynaeve has him shielded. She starts to feel him like trying to channel and feeling that press against the shield that she has against him and she's like shouts at elaine to like go now she pulls her dagger and kind of uh takes a little bit of her weaves away to channel some air to hold him and meanwhile he's like nynaeve i would never hurt you everything's fine like i'm not gonna turn against the tower Aes Sedai right now like the we've we've come too far Blah, 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 blah. Like, this is how I'm getting my revenge. Uh, You don't need to worry. And she's like, stop talking. And she channels air and, like, gives him, like, a a gags him with it. Um, And meanwhile, she, moments later, uh, even though Elaine was sent to get Sherium, in burst, like, I think, like, six or seven Aes Sedai, like, Sherium's there, Ramonda, Mirel, Morvrin, uh, like, practically everybody. It's like is a clown car. Literally, like, a clown car. And I don't know what, I'm picturing this in this tiny little room, so there's, like, nine people in this room, little room, suddenly. And Nynaeve is like, please shield him. I think Nynaeve's uh, shield vanishes. She kind of, like, loses her channeling, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. her en- She's no longer angry. And so they shield him. Uh, but they're like, they don't believe her, essentially. They're like, you're saying you did this. And she's like, I did. Please shield him. I promise. <laughs> and they're basically, like, chastising her and being like, Oh, you're, we knew we've given you too much like free reign and, you know, petted you on the head too much for all your discoveries. Like you, you really are just being dramatic. There's no way you did this thing. Like, come with us. We need to talk to you. And they like drag her out of the room and she's like, what are you talking about? Like I did like, and they're like, uh, we should, you know, sentence you to scrubbing pots for every day for the rest of your life and switch you every day and peel yeah. your hide off and like stick you in a in a uh, barrel. And, and he was like, what? And I love that. And some of the girls would feel embarrassed for her. Like, sure, you did, girl. Sure. Right. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> and one was like, we should have known that when we took the praise away, she was going to make something up. Poor thing. <laughs> Yeah. And I like Mirelle saying, like, when I was uh, an accepted uh, or maybe a novice, she said there was another accepted who was so convinced she had learned how to fly that she jumped off the top of the tower. And uh, like, that's surely what's happening here. Like, you think you discovered this thing and no. And then she finally gets into this room with more Aes Sedai and they like 
smack her on the butt with the one power a couple times and like needle her from different things playing kind of like bad cop bad cop and uh are like yelling at her to answer their questions and then she in gets like shuffled sherryam and leanne and Nighty finally pieces together that all of this like keeping her off balance and antagonizing her was to get her angry enough to channel to have her demonstrate it again on Swan and Leanne mm-hmm. uh, in front of all the Aes Sedai. And so she, <laughs> Nynaeve is finally like, oh, shut up. And then like grabs Swan and, and channels what she did with Loghain again. And I like this, uh, the way RJ writes this, uh, you know, she, she heals her and then RJ writes, for a moment, Swan only stared expressionless. Then the glow of Sidar enveloped her. Gasps filled the room. Slowly, Swan leaned forward and kissed Nynaeve on either cheek. A tear leaked down her face, then another, and abruptly Swan was weeping, hugging herself and shaking. The gleaming aura around her faded away. And then Sherium, you know, goes forward and uh, like holds Swan and kind of comforts her and everybody else is like uh, jaws on the floor and is like, what the fuck? And and immediately like all of the yellow Aja start being like, excuse you, what the fuck are you doing using fire and earth? Like healing is water, air and spirit only. What the hell is this? Yeah. And so base and then immediately they kind of like get into their little scuttlebutt of like, well, you know, maybe for like things with the heart, I could see fire. And they like start talking about the merits of different healing techniques and all of this sort of stuff. And Nynaeve is like it be immediately like shocked because they're all speaking as though they are now the experts on what she had just done and know better than she does of how things should work. And Nynaeve is like, well, uh, you know, hopefully this means like I don't have to scrub pots anymore. And Sherium is like, well, what do you mean about that? Like, what do you, <laughs> why would you think that? And she's like, if anybody could break the rules and then do something good, the world would be chaos. Like, no, you're obviously still scrubbing pots. Like, that's your punishment for this other thing that you did. So then they start getting into a debate of, are they going to have to gentle Loghain again? Because, you know, he's now a man who can channel. And pretty quickly, uh, I forget who it is. I think, oh, Carlin, yeah. She's like, can we actually do that? Like, we're claiming to support this man who can channel, who is gathering other men who can channel to him. How can we do that and gentle this other man? Like, I, I, I think that would just make us the same as the tower behind Elida in his eyes. So uh, I don't think we can do that. So then they, they kind of start trying to figure out what they're going to do with Loghain and Sherium, uh tells her to... Oh, and I'm sorry, did I miss it? Oh, yeah, I skipped over it really quickly. She also, Leanne is also in the room. She also heals Leanne. And Leanne gives her like a giant hug and says, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then everything else that I just said happens. Uh, and Sherium tells Nynaeve she should go. So she walks out into Saladar and immediately is like grabbed by other Aes Sedai who were like, tell me everything you did. I, w- I need to see it step by step. And then before she can even answer that one, another Aes Sedai grabs her and is like, I'm going to think of like a hundred different things uh, that you never even thought of uh, if I just see you do it once. And then another Aes Sedai comes up and is like, I'm going to figure I need to see it and I'm going to break her block and blah, 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 blah. And so Nynaeve is, like, being tugged in, like, five different directions by different Aes Sedai and, like, looks at Elaine with horror. And Elaine is like, sorry, like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, And then we get a POV shift back to Swan, who is kind of holding herself back from holding on to Sidar just to feel it again, because she never thought that this would ever happen to her again. And so she's like kind of feels like her life was given back to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Aes Sedai who had kind of created some distance after she got stilled are treating her nicely again and kind of, you know, saying it's nice to have her back as, you know, an Aes Sedai, etc. And she spots Gareth Brynn for a moment and she goes after him and she's like, I've been healed, I can channel again. And he's like, cool. So I- I'm assuming that means you'll get my shirts clean from now on because you can channel them clean. Maybe they'll actually be clean now. Hmm. And she's like, what are you talking? Like, I'm an Aes Sedai. Do you really expect an Aes Sedai to do your laundry? And uh, tries to channel and like lift him off the floor to kind of like make a point. But she can't. And so she draws more and more of Sidar until it like gets to the point of pain and she can't lift him off the floor. And she realizes that uh, well, sort of two things happen at once. 
One is she realizes she is not as strong as she used to be. Mm-hmm. That her ability to channel is, is much weaker than it was before she was stilled. And at the same time, she also kind of has this uh, sort of delayed reaction to uh, her warder having been killed when she was deposed. Like everything had happened so fast to her at that moment and being stilled, she never had experienced the sort of loss of the bond that typically happens when a warder is killed. Mm-hmm. And so it's like hitting her now. And, it, and she immediately kind of like starts crying and Gareth Bryn thinks that he's frightened her and she's like, I'm not frightened. And she's like, get out of my face. And Leanne walks up and kind of, you know, talks to her about having lost her warder 15 years ago and what that process was like for her and um, how long it took her to get over it. Yeah. And Swan is like, all right, well, let me gather myself up and. She uh, she and Leanne are like, all right, it's time to talk to this little tower here in, in Saladar. And, and essentially she's like, well, if we're Aes Sedai again, then are we not also Amerlin and Keeper again? Mm-hmm. And so they're on their way to make their case to the tower that they should resume leadership of the Aes Sedai. And then we get a little POV shift to Elaine, uh, who is putting lotion on her hands, from scrubbing pots to keep her hands all from being wrinkly from scrubbing pots. And Nynaeve comes into the their bedroom and uh, is like tired and staggering and cranky because basically she's been interrogated and badgered and harassed by Aes Sedai all evening. And Elaine ha- is kind of, you know, asking her about that and uh, mentions like, oh, like, you know, Nynaeve, I'm sorry that we didn't leave days ago like you had wanted to. We could have just woven disguises using that trick of Megedians that we learned and walked right out of town. And Nynaeve is like, I never thought of that. And Elaine is like, oh, fuck. Like mm-hmm. thinking surely she had thought about it. And she's like, uh, well, you know. Probably shouldn't anyway. And uh, was like, yeah, I, I couldn't channel tonight even if I wanted to. And Elena's like, whew, like sidestepped that <laughs> landmine really quickly. Um, and then in walk Leanne and Swan, who are like very friendly and are, uh, you know, bringing some food for Nynaeve. And Nynaeve is like eyeballing them suspiciously. Like, one, like I'm sure you want something. And they tell Nynaeve and Elaine that they are Aes Sedai again. And uh, they've, you know, the other sisters have granted that at least. And Leanne reveals that she is going to change Aja's and uh, choose the green Aja, but uh, which shocks Nynaeve because she's like, I didn't think you could change Aja's. And Swan says, well, you can't, but the Hall decided that for a time we weren't Aes Sedai. And so they decided that all of our ties and bonds and associations, uh, you know, were essentially broken at that time. So... She's going to appeal back to the blues to let them in, and Leanna's going to switch to green, which is kind of shocking. Um, what was she before? And she, then, was... she was also blue. Oh, she was also blue. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Usually the Amerlin and Keeper are from the same Aja, for the most yeah. part. Um, and so, basically, the reason they figure out why they're there is they want Nynaeve to try to heal them again. They reveal that they are uh, much weaker than they were before because they had stood sort of toward the top of the strength hierarchy uh, before they were stilled, uh, some of the most powerful Aes Sedai. And now they're at some of the weakest. And, you know, they're like even some accepted or probably stronger than us at this point. And uh, this is so one of the, you know how we read New Spring before this, mm-hmm. or before the last book, I can't remember. Some people say that you should wait to read it till later in the series, but I kind of like reading it a little earlier because I feel like the whole, you know how we learned in that book, like the hierarchy is like really based on channeling strength and all of that. Like mm-hmm. this is kind of where we learn that a little bit in if in the main storyline, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like it helps contextualize things a little bit more if if we see all of that earlier on. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, they want Nynaeve to try to heal them again so that maybe it'll maybe they'll be stronger than they are currently. And uh, Nynaeve is like, I couldn't channel tonight even if I wanted to. But finally, they kind of like agree to uh, Nynaeve agrees to try again and they agree to sort of be friends with each other. And like, you know, we'll we're all in this boat together. We'll 
you know, we'll support you, you know, we'll let you in on stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So they agree to kind of actually be friends with each other, which is kind of, I like this moment. Like they were sort of already there. Like Nynaeve and Swan, I think, always had a begrudging respect for each other Mm -hmm. uh, as being like really, really strong personalities. And so I kind of like this sort of like official, okay, we can be friends now moment. Yeah, kind of leveling the playing field. Yeah. And I like the little cute moment that they all sort of share there, too, a lot. Yeah, with the hugs and everything. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they also reveal that uh, Egwene is going to be coming to the next Teleron Riyadh session. And then uh, they kind of say their goodbyes. And in the morning, they return to see if uh, Nynaeve can heal them. But the the sentence is, it did no good, though. What was healed could not be healed again. Mm-hmm. And so then we get one last POV shift for the chapter. Uh, this is the next day. And we are with Delana, Aes Sedai Delana, who is talking with Swan uh, in Delana's sitting room. And basically, Delana is saying that she'll do what she can for Swan. And, uh, you know, Swan is uh, feeling dejected. And Delana is kind of like experiencing like a little bit of a reversal here because uh it used to be that swan was always like the stronger i said i and and she's surprised to like find herself already sort of switching roles or yeah switching roles with her and sort of like taking the lead and you know all of that because their strengths have sort of been reversed since Mm -hmm. delana is now much stronger than swan um and it's kind of weird for both of them i think to be in those different positions um, and Swan, it sounds like, is basically trying to get one of the dream Tarongreal from Sherium and the other Aes who have them so that she can go into Teleron Riyadh to meet with the wise ones. And so she's like, I'll, I'll do what I can. Da, 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 da. And um, then Swan goes on her way and uh, leaves. And a moment later, we're still with Delana. A, a serving person comes to the door and is like, is there somebody here to see you? Uh, she says her name is Halima Saranov, and Delana is about to open her mouth and say, I've never heard that name in my life, uh, when a woman appears in the doorway, and uh, she's described as, you know, exceptionally beautiful, super deep-cut dress, uh, like very uh, seductively dressed, and... RJ writes, you know, that's not the reason she's staring at this woman, though, because this woman has her hands at her sides with her thumbs between her first two fingers. And Delana's like, had never expected to see that symbol or that signal uh, being used by a woman who did not uh, wear the shawl of Aes Sedai. But she is immediately recognizes it and is like, oh, yes, I remember her, like, and tells the serving person to get out. And quickly, once the door is shut, is like, who do you think you are using that sign? And basically we learn that that sign uh, at her, uh, that the woman that Halima has used is the signal for a, a black Aja Aes Sedai. And so this woman Halima is masquerading as black Aja or use this sign of the black Aja to get Delana's attention. And so now we know Delana is also black Aja. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um. And then Halima is like, listen here, girly. And basically, uh, pretty quickly puts Delana in her place and explains that she is to uh, obey her and that she stands above her. And uh, she says, you know, my story is that I was traveling companion to uh, an Aes Sedai named Cabriana Macondes, uh, who unfortunately died in a fall from her from her horse and uh, you know she told me about Saladar before she died and uh, blah 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 and that's you know why I'm here that's my my cover story I don't know if you remember at the sort of beginning of this book the scene with Semarag torturing mm-hmm. an Aes Sedai mm-hmm. that was Cabriana so this whole cover story was actually pulled out of her from torture uh, and handed to Halima as a, a cover story and Delana is like um, all right, well, I suppose I can support your tale uh, and, you know, make sure that the tower supports it. And, you know, I'm sure they'll receive you as a guest, blah, blah, blah. And then Halima's like, no, not just a guest. Like, this is going to be a little bit more of a, a permanent situation. Like, your hall of the tower needs to be guided carefully. And from time to time, I'll have instructions for you. 
And Delana starts to protest and is like, how dare, like, basically tries to, again, be like, how dare you? Who are you? And Halima cuts her off and is like, I was told to mention a name to you, uh, a name I use sometimes, Arngar, which we know is one of the uh, names that of the two people who were kind of brought back from the dead and talked to by Shadar Haran at the beginning of the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Delana freezes immediately because she recognizes that name from her dreams. And it says for the first time in years, Delana Mosalane was afraid. So now we know that one of these Forsaken who has been reborn uh, at the beginning of this book is now in Saladar and plans to be there on a permanent basis to guide the directions of the Saladar Aes Sedai. Mm. And that is the end of that chapter. Oh my gosh. A, a lot happened in that chapter. A lot happened. Who brought back the two I said the two Forsaken again? Uh the Dark One. The Dark One. So and remember there was like the, the This oh, is one of the Forsaken we know, or were there more Forsaken before that predate the book? This this is one of the Forsaken that has been brought back from the dead. So we don't know exactly who they are, but uh you can pull from your list. It's kind of implied in that early chapter. Uh, we will sort of find out eventually exactly yeah. who it is. Um, I but mean, I feel like it has it, to be Lanfear because it's female. Well, if you go back and read that early chapter, remember the the person in the woman's body is like screaming, like, why have you put me in this body? Blah, 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 blah. That's true. And yeah. Yeah. That's true. So mysteries yeah. abound. My gosh. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, there we go. My turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh chapter 31 is called red wax didn't we have other chapters with colors of wax have we for the blue for the um sea folk or am i crazy um i can look i'll look really quick while you i thought we'd have like a blue wax and like a green wax chapter could be crazy. i mean I they might have mentioned Maybe that was the, just color the color of the, the wax waxes. in yeah in the chapter <laughs> yeah right lol um, but i'll do a quick search for wax chapters <laughs> wax chapters all right so uh chapter 31 begins with a Amon valda perspective and he's one of the white cloaks he's like a lord commander right or lord captain commander he is the dick hole who tortured perrin and Egwene. yeah i remember him i mean he's really he already was a monster, but we're going to get in his head a little bit. So he is in Amador. He's grumpy and pissed off. <laughs> and Dane Barnhold, like rides over to greet him. And he says, like, oh, how was your journey from Tarvalon? And he's like, it was fine. I'm fine. Whatever. It's fine. He, it's not fine, though. He's he's pissed that he had to leave Tarvalon early and was called back because he thinks if he had just been given a little more time that he would have been able to take down the Aes Sedai in the tower once and for all. And now he's stuck here doing what and why. So yeah. in his, everything he's seen along the way has been, in his mind, indicative of the world going to shit. Uh, Rand Althor is a man who could channel, and he's calling himself the Dragon Reborn, and he has tons of followers all over the place causing problems for everybody in his mind and the White Cloaks. And then there's the Prophet. Don't even get him started on that. So <laughs> along the way, we learn he's sort of like littered his path with the dead bodies of who he perceives as... Uh, threats and enemies because basically yeah. if you follow the prophet if you follow the dragon and you're a problem then you need to be taken care of and his way of taking care of them is to kill people in his path and if innocent are killed along the way his attitude is they should have just stayed home yeah nice <laughs> they should have stayed home he's a he's a lovely little person Amen. yeah i will like, say one of one of the things i'm most appreciative to the tv show for mm-hmm. is giving me faces to oh, yeah. attach to names because it, uh, historically I have always had a hard time keeping track of the white cloaks mm-hmm. and now with having seen I I know who Eamon Valda is because I can picture him from the show yeah I know who Dane Bornhold is now like Jeffram obviously he died in book two so that doesn't matter as much but 
you know, it's just helpful to be able to because all all of the white cloaks are. God, I hope I hope fans aren't going to be mad at me for saying this. All of the white cloaks are a little bit one note to me. Like they all sort of are like, you know, entitled, self-righteous assholes. And so it's a little challenging to distinguish between them to me because a a, a lot of their motivations are the same. Mm -hmm. That like it's all sort of like self-aggrandizing. I'm the most, you know, pious and righteous, whatever. So it's really handy to me to have some distinct faces to be able to be like, oh, right, it's that white cloak asshole. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense because they kind of just come off as villains. Yeah, you know what I mean? Basically. Just general uh, villains to contend with. And uh, I think when we read things or, uh, yeah, when we read things and have to picture it in our heads, if we like have a lot of uh, dynamics to each character, you know, you have so many things that your brain goes to from your experiences that like flesh out what that character looks like in your brain. But with the White Cloaks, they're all just villains, just villains. So they kind of just all look like the jackasses we have in our heads. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that general jackass guy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I kind of love that RJ gave us people who think they are on the right side of like history and the right side of, you know, this uh, sort of moral battle, but they're actually just like, it's just kind of funny to me that they're the villains, which, you know, whatever that we, we certainly have a lot of people in the real world who think they are the righteous and actually are the villains. So Mm -hmm. exactly, (laughs) exactly. And they're usually the same kind of attitude as this. Yep. So I like that. And I also think that it's funny that the White Cloaks probably all think themselves like the most remarkable people in the world and neither of yeah. us will remember their names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Valda. Uh, Dame Vorhall talks to him. He's pissed. Da, 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 da. Kill people. They should stay home. So, he is hearing from Bornholt that the rumors about more gays <laughs> that he heard being present at the, and not dead, by the way, uh, are true. He's like, oh, wow. Yeah. But then he's like immediately disgusted by the fact that she's been able to stay here and in his mind, like live in the lap of luxury when she should be prime for execution. Um, he thinks like this is like not the way he would do things. It's ridiculous that they've been like letting her go hunting and do all this sort of stuff. And if he was in charge, his tactics would be far more brutal and abusive to get her to sign some sort of so-called treaty. He's very suspicious and dismissive of it. He tells Delstein he's done talking to him, so goodbye. And next time I see you, you better be sober. He's just like the worst time, this guy. Nobody can even have Seriously, yeah. Everything he's seeing here and hearing here confirms what he thinks about Pedro Nile, and that's that he's gone soft and that he's, quote, rotting to the core. (laughs) He really hates him. Um, Yeah. On his way out to go take a bath before bed, he is stopped by a questioner, and he doesn't really love the questioners. It's not his favorite people. Um, He doesn't have a lot of respect for them, but um, the guy says to him he should go possibly to the Dome of Truth instead of where he's going. And this gets his attention, and he goes and says, why not? Um, the Dome of Truth is one thing he likes so far. It's the only thing he seems positive about. It sounds pretty like Catholic, Roman Catholic churchy to me. Yeah, that's kind of how I picture it, too, is I think sort of Sistine Chapel-ish. Yeah, like the white columns and then that huge gold leaf dome with all the lamps. Uh, cold, sort of, but like beautiful, but like kind of grim when you look at the details. Like the, they describe the, um, what do you call them? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The frescoes. <laughs> they describe oh, yeah, 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 the yeah. frescoes on the wall and some of the scenes being so horrific. And then I think about like, you know, when you're at Roman Catholic churches, some of the things that you're looking at in these like beautiful paintings or even like, you know, in museums of, of this sort of like time frame. It's pretty graphic. The well, I think, I mean, at. I remember at my grandma's church, they had really pretty like stained glass windows, but I, they were something, I'm not a church head. I don't know the uh, official terms, but I feel like it was something called like the Stations of the Cross yes. or something. Yes. And it was sort of like all of the scenes of stages of Jesus being crucified. And yes, some of them are like kind of gruesome. Right. I mean, they're exactly. all kind of gruesome, but it's, yeah. Anyway, That's exactly what I, I was yeah, thinking of. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, the like it's the stabbings and the blood dripping, and even on stained glass, it's like you know, as a kid, you're like, um, okay. 
fun. Um, But yeah, it sounds like a very beautiful building, but he's standing in it and there's just, you know, random white cloaks going about their business. Um, White cloak, white cloaks are white cloaking. And uh, (laughs) he is guided over to this older gentleman who's a questioner. His name is Radam Asunawa. Yes. And he is gazing upon a painting of an Aes Sedai being hung. It was an action aid Amerlin from hundreds of years ago. They uh, are very proud of this moment. Again, very grim scene being depicted. And I also think it's ridiculous that, or, or comical, that in the own White Cloak history, like this is such a um, triumphant event. And then we find yes. out that it's not even true. They didn't actually hang the Amerlin. She was already right. dead. She was and already dead. Ceremoniously yeah. hung her body to yes. have this moment. LOL. Yes. Um, pitiful. So he is looking at this fresco and he's brought over to this guy and, and the guy addresses him as I think my son or like my child or something like that, which, uh, you know, Valda finds patronizing, but and incorrect, but he's like, okay, why am I here? And they chit chat a little bit, like very like, um, two guys sitting on a bench next to each other, giving code to each other vibes. And, yeah. um, we learn that. Rodam feels that their the times are troubling right now. Uh, there's a witch harbored in the fortress, and Pedra Nile is going to ruin the White Cloaks. And so, obviously, Valda's like, okay, I'm interested. And he's like, okay, we'll talk later. And it's kind of the end of that part. Then we get a shift to uh, Pedra Nile. And he is he had just finished watching the interaction between Valda and Bornhold outside from his window. So he doesn't really hear what's happening, he's just kind of visually seeing it, and he thinks to himself what a brute Valda is, but he's got bigger fish to fry right now. He's not really a fan of him either, so no love lost there. Balwer, that's one of his spy people, I believe. Yeah, Seven um, Balwer, he's kind of the, the head spy dude. Yeah, he's the real one or the fake one? He is the real one. The real one, okay. So he's like the surreptitious guy. He brings a message from, I believe, their cipher, and... It goes on about things he's heard for before that he dismisses, like leashed Aes Sedai and monsters. Like, get with it. It's important. It's not fake. <laughs> um, but he thinks it's stories, so let him think it. And I mean, it sounds wild. I mean, it does. But, I mean, if it's coming from your person and it's repeated, let's yeah. snap out of it. Uh, yeah. means something. So... <laughs> He also gets the the letter gets his attention because there's mention of a previous sort of spy person he had sent out to another area, and um, it gets him thinking for whatever reason, gets his wheels turning on an idea, and he says, "Okay, how long would it take to get a message to Tenshiko for if I sent out some folks?" And Balwer says it's not worth it because anyone who goes out too far west never returns anyway. So, I mean, whatever. And he's like, that's fine. Um, And in his mind, he's like, I only need them to get one way anyway. So as long as they can get across and get this message across, it's fine with me. But he doesn't need Balwer to know that. And Balwer's kind of scoffs at this kind of weird request. And he says, get it together. Um, I'll have a letter ready in an hour. And then we get a perspective shift to more gaze. It's not Mm. seeing that coming. Yeah, we haven't seen her in a minute. In a minute. And I've been wondering, because everyone's talking about more gaze in the other chapters. Everyone is talking about this girl, <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I am not a huge fan of Morgays. I'm oh, so really? disappointed. She's so just constantly letting me down. <sighs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I feel okay. uh, so. Anyway, go ahead. Well, maybe you'll be able to to change my mind. I want to love Morgays more than I do, but she just keeps making okay. decisions, and I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah. So uh, Morgays is. Uh, speaking with Talonvor, and she's, through this chapter we learn, and we've kind of picked up on it before, that she's kind of caught feelings for Talonvor, but doesn't feel good about it, so she's resisting. <laughs> but is treat- treating him like a total dick. <laughs> total dick. Yeah, and he's, like, you know, hanging around still. Yeah. Which is only making it more uh, intense for her. But she doesn't want to ex- accept the fact that there's feelings there, but there obviously is. And um, they have a very open rapport, which Morgays does not love, <laughs> love all the yeah. time. Uh, yeah. He is telling her at the very beginning of the perspective that he doesn't trust the folks that she does, which is um, Peter, Peter, and um, his uncle. And by yeah. the way, remember if you episodes ago of our podcast i was like who's that kid that i I don't trust 
Like yes, and somebody on Discord was like, I think he's thinking about Peter. That's who I was thinking about. Okay. I don't know how young this guy is, but in my mind, he was like a kid. But maybe he's more like a teenager. I think he's from the first book when Matt and Rand are en route to Camelin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he's around their age. So I think he's like, you know, 18 to 22 or something. Okay, gotcha. So this is who I meant, this little guy. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this little guy. <laughs> Talon Forrest like, I don't trust that guy, that little guy, or his uncle. Um, and I feel like you shouldn't either. I feel like it's dangerous. And Morghese is like, your feelings are valid. Um, <laughs> and for those feelings, I prescribe Linny to give you one of her, her little anecdotes about feelings. Yeah. How would that feel for your feelings? Yeah. Talon 4 is like, you are so fucking... Talon 4 is like, I feel very attacked. Attacked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I used that gif in a, in a um, company a meeting chat? the other day. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Because, I, I mean, I always really gay it up, but my, um, my manager was talking about uh, tactics. Well, here's... The, so earlier in the week, real quick, earlier in the week, one of my co- colleagues said in on Teams... Um, Oh, I just recently got my my mailbox sorted and organized. I'm so proud of myself. And I'm going to, I have to show you where I started so you could see why I'm so proud. She did a little screenshot of how many items she had in her mailbox. And it was like 6,000 something. Mm -hmm. And I, at the same time, had about mm, 13,000 something (laughs) (laughs) items in my box. All addressed, all seen and, and addressed. Maybe one unaddressed. However, just like in my mailbox. And um, I shared it. And my manager is like just, she doesn't care necessarily. But she doesn't understand how people could work like that. Like her mailbox is like always at zero. So she had a very strong reaction. (laughs) (laughs) And in my, in our meeting that we had on Friday, uh, she said, like we ran out of time for like, just like our monthly meeting. And she's like, oh, I had one, a couple of other things to talk about, like, tactics on how to like organize her inbox and things like that for the new year but it's not important we can get to it next time and so i put in the the group (laughs) i feel very attacked (laughs) with that quote because i knew that was just directed right at me that's okay i'm at about eight thousand. no i'm working on it nice anyway back to feeling very attacked so um Talon Ford does not like that how dismissed he is feeling by Morgays about his concerns, but Linny shares the same concerns as Talon Ford, obviously. She shares that, like, he doesn't strike her as someone you could trust. So Morgays is like, whatever. Um, he has a way to get us out of here. This is the only way I, I can think of that sounds like it's going to work, and him and his uncle are going to do us right. I'm the Just trust me. So she's kind of going over the, the plan, which is like her hiding at the bottom of a cart of, I think, guess kitchen scraps, essentially, and um, getting out. And everyone else has their kind of free reign to roam around if she's accounted for. So like there's yeah. plans for everyone to kind of like scurry out at the same time. Um, so she's kind of going over the instructions um, because she doesn't care about everyone else's trust in them. This is the way out. And... As she's talking about it, uh, she's interrupted by uh, news that a questioner is here to speak to her. And that's kind of weird, but she's like, okay. Um, and in comes Einor Saren. Works? What? Wait, what? Einor Saren? Does that work for this guy's name? Does it matter? Uh, it doesn't, no, he's he's not really that important. Okay, so I'll call him Einor. So uh, he is an inquisitor for the questioners. And he enters and he commands her, basically, that she's going to be meeting with the Lord Captain Commander. And he's very in- trying to be very intimidating. He is intimidating. And Morghese feels as though she is maintaining her cool on the outside, even though she's she is obviously worried about this. It's not normal for this to be the way she's summoned to him. She's not usually summoned in this way. She is a guest, kind of. So... Uh, she's like, okay, um, and Talonvor is like, do you need me to help come along? And she's like, no, 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 I got this, and I'm not in any danger, because she's trying to maintain this air of cool, and this guy is not a fan of her. He's, like, laughs at her almost, and, um, then she's guided by him a way she's never been, which she mentions, like, this is not the way to, to his chambers, and they say, he says, I'm taking the shortest way, 
and they arrive in a courtyard. As soon as she gets there, there's a scene of like a bunch of people basically bound and gagged possibly, and they have uh, ropes around their necks, and they're basically awaiting being hung. They're on the gallows. There you go. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. And she's just like, oh. Um, But she's, you know, that's obviously a shocking thing. It's obviously meant to shock her. And she knows that, so she feels as though she's maintaining her cool and not looking shocked. And then instantaneously, almost the, like, gallows give way, you know, the, the floor gives way beneath the folks, and they all fall, and, you know, we know what happens. And it obviously affects her, but she's trying to maintain her cool because she thinks that this is, like, a message or trying to get a reaction out of her. And um, she just tries to say, she just says, so many at once. Yeah. <laughs> Pass the chicken. Um, yeah. <laughs> Has anyone tried the chicken? I thought that chicken was delicious. <laughs> exactly. Oh, what did what did uh what did she say? Um, Kim Richards. Oh, um, the bolognese. The bulgogi. Bul- bulgogi was delicious. <laughs> well, I just one thing I know is the bulgogi was delicious. I've never. I actually I've never eaten that, and I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation, but I think that's what she said. That's how I read it. I bet it's like bulgogi. It's probably. I don't even want to think about what it is based on my pronunciations on this podcast. I mean, I'm already <laughs> saying Einor Sarin, and who knows where I am. So, um, I still don't even know if Talonvor is right. Is that how you say it? That's how I say it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank the Lord. So, um, she says, uh, so many at once, and he's like, yep, just, you know, just doing our thing. They were dark friends, so, you know, that's what we do to dark friends here. And she's like, okay, um, so, are we done? Can we keep going, or is that all? And the guy kind of, like, scoffs at her, and is like, hmm. I think he is on to her, honestly, trying to maintain her cool. I don't think she's doing as good a job as she thinks she is. Mm. Um, again, reasons why she frustrates me. And she is, uh, you know, escorted to Petronile's chambers. It actually was a shortcut. And when she's in there, I don't know if I'm missing something, but for whatever reason, whether it's just been a long time of trying to get away and not being able, or like trying to maintain something and get away and not being able to, and then finally having in her mind an escape route and discovering that that is gone, um, maybe that's what it is maybe it's just the the worry she has maybe it's also seeing that grim scene but the combination of all of this she feels very defeated in these chambers right now and she's going over in her mind like what can i do like is it worth signing the treaty actually because in her it seems like her two ways this could go are is if she signs the treaty then yes it'll take maybe her whole life and elaine's whole life undoing what she signed but at least they'll like have their lifetimes to do so and they'll have some control whereas if she doesn't sign it then elaine is going to be a like white tower puppet and rand will be on the throne and that's that yeah so she signs it yeah so she signs it reluctantly ish but she signs it thinking okay i'm i'm i guess saving my daughter's life question mark yeah um and that's basically the end of the chapter he's obviously thrilled they put their wax on it and whatever oh oh no that's the end of that perspective i'm sorry uh there's a quick perspective shift to the guy we talked about before asunawa that's the guy he spoke to in the dome of he's the head questioner yeah yeah and he is talking to Sarin. That's the guy I was just talking about before. Um, yeah, who I know. Who was the Inquisitor that, you know, commands her to meet the Lord Captain Commander. And um, he's talking to him about witnessing seeing more gays see the hangings. Because he was, like, watching on from a window. Which mm-hmm. she noticed. And yep. it turns out that, uh, A, she wasn't hiding herself as well as she thought because he's like, oh, she was definitely affected by that. Um, and we also learn from this perspective that Morghese's summation of the situation with um, the Dark Friends was correct. They don't know that she was planning something with them or that they were involved with her, Peter and her, his right. uncle. They just... they <laughs> just... It just happened to be that they caught Dark Friends and killed them and that they were part of a more gays plot exactly yeah and in in this part he even says like they're probably guilty by association because you know they all work for the bad guys but 
whatever. So that's good at least, I guess. Yeah. Um, and da, 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 da. oh yeah, and then he hopes that she continues basically to resist Nile because he has his own plans for her to be executed, and his plans uh, will only go forward if she continues to be, you know, string Petra Nile along. And then he could take over right. and do his own thing or something like that. And his plan is to get her killed. Uh, but she's already signed the treaty. So I guess, oh, well, for him. And that's the end of the chapter. Hmm. More gays. More come on. I know. But is it's it not good? the choices because I would make. But What's that? I said it's not the cho- choices I would make for sure. I mean, wait. You've already waited this long. You don't even know what's going on with Elaine. Right. You don't even know if she's alive. True. True. She doesn't know what's going on anywhere. I mean, she's so out of the loop with what's going she's on. She's very, yeah. Like Morghese's story picture. is honestly one of the sadder ones in the books for mm-hmm. me because she is basically like, uh, you know, from pretty early on sort of like being manipulated and controlled by other people. Like mm-hmm. from the minute that Robin gets a hold of her to like... Now she's with the White Cloaks, and they've got her signing this treaty that gives a lot of her country's rights away. And, you know, just, uh, it's, she's in a lot of, okay, um, maybe I'm going to draw a parallel that a lot of people are going to find displeasing. Mm. Um, But in Game of Thrones, she reminds me a little bit of Sansa's character, where she's like, I think, unlike Sansa, she starts out as politically very, like, deft and and knowledgeable and all of that. But she she finds herself in these really compromised positions where she really has very few bargaining chips to work with Mm -hmm. and has to make really difficult decisions to sort of, like, stay alive and, and keep her like purpose alive uh but doesn't it's sort of like stuck with shitty choices to try to make that happen i i could i I could totally see that parallel i'm just thinking like what else could she do i guess like what would i prefer she'd be doing because yeah samael i mean she can't go back well oh no she could because uh because right now rand is there yeah why does she she just go back well, because she doesn't know Rand. She thinks he's just as dangerous as any of the Forsaken. Because from her perspective, all she has heard is that he came and killed, you know, quote unquote, Lord Gabriel, who was her lover, even though he was controlling her. She knows that now. But she doesn't know he was a Forsaken. And so all she really knows is that Rand came and killed the person who stole her country and is now, quote unquote, ruling over it. Right. And, and so she doesn't really know that he is... Number one, he doesn't know she's alive, and and she doesn't know what his feeling, what his intentions are. So he, she doesn't know that he is in love with Elaine, that he's planning to put Elaine on the lion throne. So she sees him as just another threat between her and the country. And she just thinks Elaine is in the tower. I, I think she thinks Elaine is somewhere, but I don't know if she, I don't think she thinks Elaine is with Elida. I don't think. I'm not sure where she thinks Elaine is at the moment. Oh, yeah, that's right. She wants to know where Elaine is, I think. She doesn't trust them. Yeah, Because everything she's said about where Elaine is is like, no. Has been a lie. Sense. Like, she's on a farm yeah. or she's doing some oh, shit. Fine. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So she has kind of, like, lost faith of the, in the tower, tower and where Elaine even is. So she already feels, like, very wishy-washy about that and is worried about that. And yeah. there's no one looking out for Elaine in her mind because the people she entrusted her to she doesn't trust anymore and Correct. then obviously the stuff with rand i get but she doesn't think the white cloaks are necessarily like the good guys so no she's choosing between two evils like i guess is she just like i'll choose the evil i know versus the one that i'm i have no idea about i think she yeah i think she basically is has chosen the white cloaks because she knows that they are a strong military force and she knows that they have forever wanted a stronger presence in Andor than she has ever, ever allowed, allowed or or anyone. Yeah. And so she's like, this is my bargaining chip to get an army to take my country back. And then her other plan, if she were to have gotten away with Peter and all those, was to go to Gaelden and talk to the queen there? Yes. But get, what, like <laughs> she doesn't know that. Or something or what? What she's hoping to get from her? Basically, yeah. Just like allyship helped me get my my kingdom back Country from back. Rand because yeah. he's a threat to both of us. Yeah. 
meanwhile, she's like a, another mysterious one right now too. So yeah, because I feel like she's becoming a more uh, mentioned character lately, out of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. meanwhile, what her 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 other two kids are just running fucking wild. I can't <laughs> literally. Just, Oh my god. Yep. I'm so worried. Okay, so my favorite part. Let me let me get out of this more gaze world because <laughs> she's just so upsetting to me. She's so impatient. And she always thinks she is like this this whole like thing of her being like maintaining her cool exterior and then we find out in the next perspective that it didn't work. It's kind of annoying. And it reminds me of like when she used to go out in town disguised and we find out that often she was picked up on very easily. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so my favorite part, um, I think it was definitely your chapter. I really liked the um, the whole, you know, Nynaeve healing Swan and um, Leanne and the different ways that they reacted. And, like, it made me think of how the, the different ways they reacted when they lost their um, connection. Yeah. I yeah. really liked that because it was, like, Swan was so um uh, like unbridledly emotional like un like unbridledly emotional like crying and yeah. like just kind Vulnerable. of like overcome like more of a physical reaction in that way like immediate and more emotional and I feel like it's because she really had accepted in her mind that this is forever gone like she really put it to bed like that feeling like she was describing so much to Leanne early on. Like, you have to find something else and you have to really move on. And that's the only way you yeah. can be happy again. So I feel yeah. like her reaction was like that because she really fully, like, was mourning that. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, mm-hmm. Leanne was still going through that. She was still, like, holding on to hope that maybe something could... Because she wasn't over it. She was still talking about no, it all the time. She, yeah. and, um, still trying to figure out other ways to find meaning in life and figure out what she might do. And I think it was like different for her. Um, she was much for more sure. like, open about it. Yes, I agree. I don't know. I, I just like that whole experience. And it also was kind of hard to see them not get it back because I, I had, there was a little sentence when she was healing them before we found out that their powers weren't fully charged, basically. Yes. Where it said like uh, to heal something, something in a woman different. must be different than healing it in a man or something like that. Or, yeah, or could it yeah. be? And I guess that's what it was because yeah, it we, sense I think we'll Logan find out. Got all his powers back. I think we'll learn a little bit. Anyway, I yeah, won't say it, anything. It also there. I okay. also liked it because it reminded me of the of the book of the TV show when um, Rand heals or like re you know gives breaks uh, the shield on Moraine. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the way it looked, I thought it was like, okay, that's interesting, but not like how I would have made it look. But um, the way RJ describes her doing it in the last chapter, and then like, again, with this chapter a little bit, it it made sense the way they did it in the show to me. Like that, like, um, all of those like weaves going into like a little, like almost like a probe, because that's exactly yeah. how Nene was describing it. She was like probing around in the body. Yep. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I thought that was like kind of cool. It gave me full circle vibes um, to the show and more Loghain. Loghain in this chapter, again, um, gave me, in your chapter, gave me TV show Loghain vibes. Um, Agreed. And last thing I'll say, this isn't about my favorite part, but just something I forgot to say right before. I'm just so curious if Loghain is trustable. I wonder if he is to Mm. be trusted. I want to think he is. I want to think he is, but I'm worried. Anyway. Well, <laughs> um, I think my favorite part is either the healing sections that you talked about, or um, I think just the like menacing knowledge of there being a Forsaken in Saladar who oh, is planning right. to start pulling strings, but right. we don't know what any of that is. Um, that is like, oh gosh, what's happening? Oh wait, so that means um, I like that Forsaken in Saladar. Does it? Right? Megedian? Oh, because Megedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was kind of discounting her because she has the bracelet on and the necklace on. Yeah. Will she recognize her? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, that was kind of the end of what I was saying. I, I like that that ominous threat, that obscure ominous threat. I forgot about those two that from the beginning of yeah. the book, to be honest, because we've been so focused on so many of the Forsaken in this book in a way that we haven't been in the previous ones. Yeah. And I totally forgot about the other two um, that got brought back. And I now remember they both had a specific purpose, I believe. And I wonder like how d- it will play out with the other Forsaken and their like little secret plans. Or not so secret yeah. plans. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Wow. Secret plan. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that that Forsaken. I really wasn't. And that is so she is in Solidar, so is Magedian. I wonder if that will mean anything. Mm. I wonder if she'll be able to get her out of the bracelet. Mm. Oh, and now we'll we know out. that Nynaeve knows how to make a disguise for themselves. That's fun. Yep. Yeah. That's fun. No more dyeing your hair with like berries in the in the inn. Hen pepper, yeah. 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 Those those scenes gave me very much like true crime movie or T V oh show God. vibes yeah, when like, someone like is like hiding is in a hotel. Hiding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting their hair right, in the they bathroom, like get in, get into the Seven Eleven, and they pick up some hair dye and chop off the hair and dye it. And yes, <laughs> looking very like forlorn in the in like <laughs> at the counter buying the hair dye. Yep. Okay, let me stop. <sighs> oh wow. Okay. Well, we're we're really getting there. Yeah. Listen, whatever you're doing right now, locate your phone and use that phone and go to whatever podcast app you're on using to listen to this and subscribe to this podcast and also just do the little thing where you can go and rate us and review us because that helps other people find the show yes and the next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna call someone you're gonna text someone you're gonna scream it out your window it's my money and i want it now you're gonna tell someone about our podcast because that's the best way to get the word of uh, word of mouth is the best way to get our podcast out. So mouth it up. That's right. Also, uh, our social media is Cool Story Pod on Instagram, Cool Story Pod One on Twitter, and you can email us at coolstorypod at gmail.com. We love getting email, so send us a note and say hi. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash n and Matt. We do tons of fun things on there. We play games, we uh bring an episode a few minutes so check it out uh and if you want you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash n and map thanks for listening to cool story see you next week bye